What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. Every year, a group called CEC Arts Link hosts a big worldwide assembly of artists. The goal is to connect artists in different parts of the world so that they can share and learn from each other and then bring ideas and strategies back to where they live and work. The assembly has happened in New York, Warsaw, Poland, and this year, this week, is in Chicago, in the Woodlawn neighborhood. The organization is arts-focused now, but it actually has history back from the Soviet Union. It started back in the mid-60s as an effort to connect citizens, just people between the U.S. and the USSR, thinking that there was a way to affirm their shared humanity and understanding of each other, despite the conflict between their nations. That's Mega Ralapati, the director of the fellowships program at CEC ArtsLink. And she says the CEC part was created during the Cold War. It stands for Citizens Exchange Corps. And initially, it wasn't for artists to share art, but for cultural exchange among citizens, teachers, students, professionals, all across the world. So folks who would have technically been adversaries would travel, meet, and just connect as humans. Often what they took back home with them was, okay, people are just living in the same way that we are. Their concerns are somewhat similar. So that geographic distance got a little bit collapsed. I think on the human one-to-one level, that kind of um, higher level federal policy of disagreement of war really didn't trickle down on that more human level is what people found interesting way to think out of the box about global relations, right? So after the Cold War, they shifted from bringing citizens together to bringing artists together. The ArtsLink Assembly really invites people not necessarily to share a series of images of works that they've made, but to provide their unique perspective and artistic perspective on the big questions of our time, on how do we live together across difference. Now, maybe you already agree that art has the power to affect big change. But if not, Mega is about to try to convince you. Plus, you know we had to include a Chicago artist in the mix. Patricia Wynn is one of the artists presenting at the Assembly this year. We're going to hear from her soon. But first, I asked Mega to tell me more about the goals that CEC Arts Link was thinking about as they decided to bring artists together this week. We are working with artists who are leaders engaging deeply with their communities. They're using all different media, so many different approaches and disciplines. But the one thing that they all share is that they believe art is an action. Mm. It's a kind of unique perspective on artists. It's a little different maybe than what that word can mean. These are practitioners who understand art as a tool for cultural and social transformation. Mm. We know, we have seen over and over again that the existing structures and hierarchies aren't working. The models aren't working, and artists are uniquely trained and experienced to dismantle, to understand them from a new angle, a new vantage point, to bring nuance, to bring a more 360-degree perspective that isn't binary and isn't reductionist, That's really speaking to the true transformative nature of art. And so we want to focus on that and (laughs) invite that into the space. I mean, when you put it that way, 
Patricia, you are one of those artists who's going to be presenting this year. You're going to be doing a breath practice at the assembly. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But first of all, you're from Chicago. Yes, born and raised. Yes. And you are the child of immigrants. Your parents came here from Vietnam? Yeah, they're Vietnamese refugees. They both escaped by boat um, and made made it here with literally just the clothes on their back. Wow. Yeah. Where did they end up? Where did they raise you? Tell me about the places you spent your childhood. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Edgewater, Uptown area. And at the time um, in the 90s, it was very different than what it looks like now in terms of the level of rapid gentrification and urban Mm -hmm. renewal that has really wiped out a lot of folks of color that have lived in that neighborhood. But Uptown has been known as a port of entry for immigrants and refugees and also After the Indian Removal Act, a lot of Native Indigenous people from all across the Midwest moved to that area with promises of job opportunities. Mm. A lot of African-American Black folks from the South moved during the Great Migration to the south of Chicago, but then also moved from the south side of Chicago to the north side of Chicago Mm. into Uptown. So it's like this rich, diverse neighborhood, and then it became what is now known as Asia and Argyle. Mm-hmm. And after the Vietnam-American War in the 1970s, Vietnamese and Vietnamese-Chinese immigrants and refugees came and established that as a um, business district mm-hmm. where there were grocery stores, jewelry stores, restaurants, and so became this like mini home away from home. Mm-hmm. I know that you went on to go to college in the Chicago area And then you started this organization, Access Lab, up in Uptown. What parts of your upbringing would you say informed the creation of Access Lab? Thanks for that question. Yeah, I went to um, I went away to college for a little bit, but then I did my Ph.D. program in performance studies at Northwestern. Um, And what inspired it is my father has been a community organizer in that neighborhood for over 40 years. Oh, wow. So he really helps to be a liaison between the community and local government um, for translation, for licenses to operate their businesses or even get citizenship. And he just runs it all in these different ways. And so for me, I was inspired by my father's work and what it means to like come as a refugee, come with nothing, and really have hope for what's possible to build the future that you want for other generations to have a life. And so um, I took that ethos with me, and I actually started the organization Access Lab with a group of friends that I had grown up with. Artists, architects, urban planners, herbalists, a bartender, you know, like it was everybody, everything. Um, And it was really about, you know, what is the world we want to build? What is the world that we want to create, especially in light of these larger development projects that are happening? This like multi-million dollar shared streetscape, this multi-million billion dollar CTA train renovation. And how does that impact a local neighborhood that Mm -hmm. is mostly folks of color and mostly poor and working class? How do we make sure that the kind of arts programming that we're doing is actually um, supporting the livelihood of the people and actually centering their voices? Mm -hmm. In that vein, I mean, introduce me to Access Lab. What is it 
exactly that the organization does. Yeah, so we're an arts and architecture organization, and um, we actually operated inside of a vacant um, CTA storefront for a long time and still, until they demolished the Argyle train station. We would hold festivals there, bringing artists from all across the city, oh. um, doing spoken word, um, dance performances, performance art, taiko drumming, just like all across the board in terms of what cultural performances could be. And that was thinking about how segregated Chicago is. Mm-hmm. And then what does it mean to have these this type of programming, this type of arts programming and festival in particular as a nexus of bringing together people and communities across those racial divides and across those lines of segregation. Mm-hmm. I know, as I mentioned earlier, a part of what you're going to be bringing to the assembly is a breathing practice. And I just would love to hear you talk about how you're going to be incorporating breathing into your session. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Mega um, invited me to share a 10-minute piece about breathing because I was thinking about breath in relationship to my own upbringing um, and engaged Buddhism. So during the war in Vietnam, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh created this notion of engaged Buddhism because he, all these people who were suffering from war in the aftermath of like bombing and raids and all these things were going to find refuge in the temple. And he was like, Buddhism can't be separated from what's happening in society. We can't tell people how and practices of finding peace and collecting their breath if literally bombs are going off around them. So part of the notion of engaged Buddhism is having to, like, actually take an active role in intervening in the violence that is happening so that we can create a better world, so that people can breathe better. And so this poetic meditation and talk will be um, about breath and what does it mean to actually breathe in these moments when our breath is being captured and we have to breathe more shallowly because of like the violence and the onslaught of what we're witnessing online and in the world. And so how can we actually expand that and how does the rethinking of our own breath actually expand our capacity to be with and present with each other in a different way to then create different worlds? Hmm. Omega, I want to get back to... ArtsLink Assembly. And I really want to hear you talk about how a gathering like this really serves artists like Patricia and all the other folks who are attending and who will be present. It's a really great and important question. My work in this role and prior to this, I spent a decade working at Hyde Park Art Center making opportunities for Chicago artists to travel and move in the world and research and inviting artists from around the world here. The goal being to connect the city specifically with people and places around the world. And through that work, I had an opportunity to speak with so many artists based locally who again and again would say that they are so eager to share their practices in Chicago and outside of it as well, to understand who who is thinking in similar ways to see other parts of the world. And so it, it's, it's particularly important for U.S. cultural practitioners to be part of transnational experiences and conversations, mm. to provide a window for how we understand our own most urgent questions here. The work is talking to each other, and we view our role as 
we're the ones who are, you know, kind of keeping a picture, keeping trying to keep our finger on the pulse of artistic practice. You know, who are the movers and shakers? Who's doing what? Who are who are asking the big questions about how we do dismantle, how we do rebuild, reconstruct? And then can we put them together? How do we utilize the structures in our field? Artistic exchange, residencies, um, intentional mindful travel mm-hmm. experiences to put them together. The ArtsLink Assembly as this beautiful moment for us to share a short window of time uh, together and get those people in the room. So, you know, there's about 30 presenters there. We kind of think of it as 30 separate seeds that are going to be planted in that window of time. And I don't doubt that some collaboration, shared approaches, perhaps solutions, different avenues in will emerge from this. I do not doubt it because I've seen it over and over again. When one artist travels to a, uh, to a new place, inevitably opportunities in their home open up. Mm-hmm. A part of the focus for ArtsLink Assembly this year is the future is not what it used to be. Actually, Patricia, I wonder if you could just kind of think about that and tell me what that means to you when you hear that phrase. The future is not what it used to be. The future is not what it used to be. A lot of things unfold for me in that question because it is and it isn't, right? Like there's something about the genesis of this ArtsLink coming out of the Cold War And in in a lot of ways, there's a lot of Cold War discourse that is kind of unfolding again. Mm -hmm. Um, McCarthyism, this kind of fear that's being instilled in people in different ways. But what are the tactics that worked back then that are still working now? And what are the different tactics back then that are not no longer serving us now Mm -hmm. and then what is the role of artists and cultural workers to reimagine like this world learning from the lessons of the past worlds like how we can build a different place that we can all exist in a way where like we don't have to repeat the horrors of the past in any ways but we can still learn from it and not forget that these happened it's a question that I think I still need to chew on a little bit (laughs) Mega how would you kind of think about that phrase, the future is not what it used to be. I think that we can have a tendency to think because it's 2023, the furthest date that we know, we might fall into false thinking that we are at our most progressive point. Um, But we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. So it really implies a intention and an action to be forming with each other collectively and that being the only path that we can take to get to the place we want to go. We can't rely. We can't rely on any of the old things. It's not going to work. So the more connected that we are in thinking and visioning together, that might help get us there. Mega Ralapati is the director of the fellowships program at ArtsLink. And Patricia Wynn is an artist, scholar, and educator based in Chicago and Charlottesville. Mega, Patricia... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This year's CEC ArtsLink Assembly will be in person this Thursday, November 16th at the Experimental Station in Woodlawn. And then on Friday, November 17th, it'll be in Kiev via live stream. You can find out more at cecartslink.org. 
And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Cleef and Natalie Moore for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer. Ethan Schwab was the engineer for this episode. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. If you loved this episode or you think somebody might want to know about this episode, share it. You can also rate us and review us. It helps more people find the show. Seriously, very helpful. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening to The Rundown. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.